I'm Scott Spires, author of the new novel, Abandon All Hope, and you're listening to The Lake Forest Podcast. Welcome to The Lake Forest Podcast, the podcast about the lovely city of Lake Forest, featuring topics like local news, sports, music, people, and food. My name is Pete, and I also live in Lake Forest. Hey, we have a show sponsor, NeuroNoodle. Hey, parents of athletes, your kids get a physical every year, right? Well, include a brain map so you have a baseline to compare it to in case something happens. It takes only 20 minutes to get the data you need to know if your athlete should get back on the field. Schedule an appointment now at NeuroNoodle.com. One of the things we like to do here at the Lake Forest Podcast is put a spotlight on local people doing great things. And we're joined today by Scott Spires, the author of the book, Abandon All Hope. Scott, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. Before we get into the book, could you give a little background on yourself? Where are you from? How'd you get started, et cetera? Well, that's actually a very complicated question. See, my father was a uh, career army officer, and due to his posting at the U.S. Embassy in New Delhi, I was born in India. So I was born halfway around the world from where I am now. We also lived in Argentina. We've lived in different parts of the United States, New Orleans, Kansas, Indiana. But I have lived more of my life in the Chicago area than anywhere else. And as an adult, I lived in foreign countries as well, in Great Britain, the Czech Republic, and most recently in Russia for several years. Wow. <laughs> how's, uh, how's that trip up, up to Agra? Did I pronounce that right? Agra? To see the... Uh, in India, uh, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I Well, actually, I went back to India for the first time since being born there in 2008. I have no memories of uh, childhood there because we left uh, when I was about one year old, but I did okay. manage to make it back in 2008. And yes, I did visit the Taj Mahal. So I made I made the trip. That's an interesting uh, road, huh? <laughs> All I remember is that I had a driver, so I didn't have to experience the road directly. Close your eyes. It's, uh, they use horns for uh, sonar. <laughs> quite, it was quite fascinating. Yeah. Now, Scott, you got a heck of a background. Now, are you in the Lake Bluff, Lake Forest area? Where do you live now? I live in Lake Bluff. Yeah, close to Lake Bluff downtown and about a 12-minute walk from the lake. Yeah, we just had Matt Nielsen on from uh, the Rib Fest. You guys, October 2nd, you're going to be cooking some ribs out there. So might be seeing out there soon, Scott. Well, they're so going to be cooking. I might be eating. <laughs> And it's all free. So, Scott, uh, when did you become a writer? Is this your first book? Do you have other books? Please give us some info. I've been writing in some form or other since I was very young, like in elementary school, writing stories and, and so forth. As an adult, I've got a fairly extensive publication record, but it covers a lot of different, a lot of territory. Because I've done, I've done journalism. I've published a few short stories. I've uh, published academic articles. I've had some rather eccentric uh, writing jobs too. For example, I was the beer correspondent for the Prague Business Journal when I was living in Prague. It's a uh, no defunct business newspaper, but they needed somebody to cover the Czech beer industry. So I got that job, which was a lot of fun. I've written about a, you know, a, a variety of, of, of topics, um, including for 
you know, for the Chicago Reader, I wrote an article on new urbanism some years back. I used to write for the New York Press, which is another alternative paper that I think no longer exists. And uh, I've done various sort of writing jobs, uh, but this book that is just now coming out, Abandon All Hope, is my first published novel. Yeah, tell us a little bit about it. What was your inspiration? What made you decide? Uh, tell us about the book. Just the cl- not even the cliff notes, just what our whistle on it, Scott, to make us want to go out and pick it up. Well, I actually started writing this book many years ago when I was living in Prague and no longer writing about beer. This goes back to 2002. And I was reflecting on the fact that I'd had various jobs, office jobs, temporary jobs, and I had enough material there to get an interesting and somewhat comic novel out of it. So I started writing it. And then I found myself at an impasse after I'd written about half the novel. I had my characters, I had a lot of episodes, but I had nothing to bind them together. As a result, I put it aside and I didn't come back to it until the summer of 2019, when I finally figured out what the plot was gonna be, what my main themes were gonna be. And I completed it early in 2020. Do you have an agent? Like, tell me about the book writing process. So you, 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 you put all your, everything together, somebody's got to edit it and then promote it. Uh, how, how does that process work? Well, that's a very interesting question because if you do not have an agent and I don't have an agent, it is almost impossible to get your book published by a well-known publisher, at least. Because of the way the publishing world works nowadays, there are, I think, four or maybe five conglomerates which uh, pretty much control major league publishing nowadays. And there is no way they're going to look at your novel if you don't have an agent. Therefore, I was restricted to small presses and niche publishers. And thankfully, there are a lot of those. But even they have their restrictions. They'll say things like, Uh, We only look at unsolicited manuscripts during the months of uh, March, May, and July, or you can only submit if you pay a a fee, which is usually not very large, but uh, still, it is a bit of an obstacle for some people, or if you buy one of our books, or you can only uh, be considered for publication if you submit as part of a contest that we're holding. In other words, we only publish Uh contest winners. So... I had to negotiate all of this. And what kept me going was that the rejections that I got were very positive. Essentially, they would say things like, hey, this book is really compelling and the characters are well-developed, but uh, unfortunately, we only publish three books a year, so we can't take you on right now. And so while it's frustrating to get rejections, it is part of the writing life anyone who's been a writer, anyone who's tried to get a book published, even with an agent, knows that you've got to pile up the rejections first before you have any shot at success. And this can go on for a long time. Uh, Then finally, in March of this year, it was accepted by Octus Publishers, which is a small press based in the Philadelphia area. Oh, good for you. So, uh, People say, how'd you become an overnight success? Well, it took me 10 years. <laughs> yeah, that's that's basically the idea. You've got to be persistent. You've got to uh, not 
let it get you down, not let it get you depressed. And you have to, uh, you have to do your homework. You have to know what kind of material the, the press uh, likes to publish that you're submitting to. You have to pay attention to these rules. You have to make sure you get all the formatting correct because you have to look at this from the point of view of an editor at one of these presses. Let's say you're an editor. That means every day, books, manuscripts from authors you've never heard of are popping into your inbox. You might go for lunch, come back an hour later, and there's six more manuscripts in your inbox that need to be dealt with. So you're gonna be looking at ways to eliminate uh, books right up front. And if there's a typo, if they haven't followed the formatting rules, anything at all, your book is gonna be rejected just based on that before they even look at it. Many, many rejections are done of books without even looking at them. Now, now getting back to, to your book, uh, Abandon All Hope, you, there's some comedy, satire, maybe even dry humor in there. Could you give us just a quick, you have a couple main characters in there uh, covering both sides uh, of the work environment. Tell, tell us about the, the characters in it. I came at it this way. I thought it would be interesting to take two characters who are from roughly the same background, but are following contrasting and opposite approaches to life. So I have I even gave them similar names to indicate their similar background. One is Eric, the other is Evan. They have four letter names that start with the letter E. Eric is a, a realist uh, to the point of being a cynic. He's hedonistic. He works because he has to. He hates his job. He indulges in his hobbies and he doesn't have really much in terms of expectations out of life. Evan, by contrast, is a very idealistic young guy who is trying to make a mark on society, trying to make himself important in the process. The incidents, the conflict is all generated from that. No, I can't wait to uh, get get more into it, uh, Scott. You've also won, uh, you, I mean, you're pretty accomplished. You know, you're downselling yourself here. Uh, t- tell us about some of the prizes that you've been up for. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, you're referring to the uh, terrain.org. Right, yep, yep. Okay, this is actually important for the uh, for the the eventual publication of the book, uh, and I'll tell you why uh, after I give you the details here. Sure. So, in 2016, Terrain.org held a short story competition, and they do this, I think, more or less every year. Terrain.org is an online publication which deals with the the built and natural environment. It's sort of environmental in its focus, uh, has some things in common with new urbanism, which is an interest of mine. And I submitted a, a short story to them and I was the finalist, which means the de facto second prize winner, beating out 59 other competitors. And uh, this is also important because the sort of people that Terrain attracts as authors are already professionally published authors who have won prizes and had books published. So this put the idea in my mind, hey, if I can almost win this competition, if I can win second prize at least, why don't I go back to that novel that I started but didn't finish and try to finish it? So that's what I did. 
So for the uh, the young writers out there, Scott, besides persistence, do you have uh, any advice you could give uh, out there some of the Northwestern kids that are, are, are listening to our show? Well, all I can tell them really is my own formula for success and what worked for me because I realized that for different people, they will have different formulae. In addition to the advice that I gave regarding approaching publishers, I would say that a couple of things that worked for me while I was writing this book. One, it was the old write what you know advice. And in this case, there was a lot of personal experience going into it, experience with work, experience with different kinds of environments. And here's the thing though also, not just my experience, but experience of other people contributed to this. Of course, it is all it is all modified. It is all blended together to create something new. But it was the right what you know, what you have, what you can feel, what you have strong images of, what you feel a strong attachment to, that is more likely to create a compelling piece of writing. Another thing that I was thinking. I've been in a lot of writers groups and I've found that while they can be helpful, they can also hurt your writing. And from my perspective, one of the things that was hurting writing in these groups was uh, what you might call the, the plausibility rule. Uh, meaning someone will read an incident or a character or something taking place in a story and they will say, Oh, that's not plausible. That would not happen in real life, et cetera, et cetera. And as a result, the story is then revised to make it more, more plausible, but in the process, more mundane, and I think less memorable. So I was guided by the belief that memorability is more important than plausibility. Uh, so you should create memorable characters, incidents, and events, even if they stretch the bounds of what might be realistic, just because it is more entertaining and it's more likely to hold the reader. Especially an editor that's going to lunch and reading a couple sentences of your manuscript, right? <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, if they start reading the manuscript and it's just like the other 120 manuscripts that they got this week, it's not going to stand out and they're going to throw it away for that reason. Uh, so you got to have tough skin, right, Scott? You definitely do. One, another thing I recall from these writers groups I was in, we would get people who wanted to write or that's some vague idea about writing. You know, yeah, I want to write a novel, a memoir or whatever. And they would put their writing forward and it would be criticized and they just couldn't take it. Well, my thinking about this is if you cannot take criticism, you shouldn't be a writer. Being a writer is exposing yourself to criticism by its very nature. You've got to develop the right mental attitude here. You know, there's constructive criticism, there's destructive criticism. You have to be able to distinguish between the two and apply what is actually useful to your own work without getting offended unnecessarily. Right. Well, Scott, you know, they never really ever erected a statue for a critic. <laughs> More than one person has said that, and I think it's a good, I think it's a it's it's funny, but it is also, I mean, criticism is not is 
necessary and like you know all these phenomena it comes in good bad useful not useful misleading destructive constructive varieties there's as a writer if you want to get better you cannot sit in your bubble and you will not necessarily be your own best critic there's I, another thing i've learned from experience no matter how many times you went over your manuscript and think you fixed everything somebody is always going to point something out that you didn't catch there's always a fact checker out there trust me even on podcasts <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah exactly you need the fact checkers you need the attentive and helpful uh, scott what's the best way to learn more about your book is it octuspublishers.com did i say that right that is correct uh octus a-u-c-t-u-s is the name of the publisher the other thing uh if you want to learn more about the book and about myself yeah right uh, go to my website and blog okay which is at sw spires that's s-w-s-p-i-r-e-s dot weebly dot com it's called Lakefront Linguist. Lakefront because, Linguist, got it. Yeah, because my day job is translation. And what are you translating? Uh, I specialize in legal, general business, and professional services. I translate Russian and German into English. Uh, there's actually a strong Chicago connection here because I got started doing this when I was working at the Moscow office of Baker and McKenzie, the law firm. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the biggest law firms in the world and it's uh, based in Chicago at the Prudential building. So that's how I got into legal translation. And when we moved back to the US in 2012, I went freelance and have continued with that. Great book. I wonder if they'll ever, ever do a, you know, a little movie on it and we can say, hey, we, we, we saw it here first, Scott. Well, let me say right now that I think the book would be uh, great to adapt into a movie because it includes a lot of action, a lot of comedy, and some colorful characters that would be fun to play. So the screenplay practically writes itself. We got to send this over to Netflix or Prime, huh? Or somebody like that. Yeah. You going to get an agent for that? I haven't explored that yet. I mean, I think <laughs> first let the thing uh, come out. Uh, if there's anything more that I want to do with it, uh, I mean, I would hate to try to negotiate my own further deals without right. uh, knowing what I was doing. So yeah, at some point, uh, a success of any kind, and I want to continue doing this, then I'll probably have to get an agent. Well, uh, you know what they say about representing yourself, you got a fool for a client. Believe exactly. me, I know. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to uh, be the fool in that relationship. Right, right, right. Well, before the movie comes out, and who knows when that might be. Yeah. Uh, I just want to call your attention to the fact that I'm holding an event at the Lake oh. Love Library. Oh, yes. And, yes, on October 12th, which is a Tuesday at 7 o'clock. And it's called The Late Blooming Novelist. And in it, I will tell you how to negotiate the world of publication if you don't have an agent uh, using examples, you know, my own example as well as that, that of other, those of other people. And uh, also talking a bit about my novel and there will be copies there that you can buy. And- um, Oh, nice. 
you know, if you if you're the sort of person who's always thought I've I've wanted to write a novel, but I don't know what to do with it when I finally finish the manuscript, it will be exactly for uh, for you. And um, it's taking place October 12th, at, as I said, at the Lake Bluff Library, and they want you to register first. So just go to the library's website if you're interested and sign up. Oh, and I just want to say also, uh, publication yeah. week is this week. The book is it will be available this week. I'm not sure what day yet, but the publisher has told me it will be out this week. Well, Scott, again, thanks. This is this is great. Uh, I'm excited for you and uh, get that hand uh, loosened up for all the uh, signatures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, it was uh, it was terrific uh, being on your show. Scott, we're gonna we're definitely gonna do it again. I'm gonna put all your contact info in, in there, and let's let's not be strangers, okay? Definitely, I agree with you. Okay. Scott, thank you, thank you so much. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Lake Forest Podcast. Please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and smash that like button on Facebook, Instagram, and follow us on Twitter. Let us know what you'd like to hear about any upcoming shows. Again, I'm Pete. That can be reached at Pete at LakeForestPodcast.com. The link will be in the podcast notes below. On behalf of my co-host, Scoo Walker, we thank you for listening, and we thank our Patreon supporters, Church of the Holy Spirit and Reverend Luke Beck. Cue the band. <laughs>